minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, and liftoff. All right, all right. What's happening, everybody? What's going on out there? Yeah. All right, man. Just you and me tonight. Got yes, little, sir. Uh, kind of a little slim and Jeff on the uh, on the wheels of steel tonight. So uh, like it's gonna be uh, gonna be a fun time. Just the two of us. Some of the other some of the others were a little busy, and you know we talked about it before on the show. Like it's kind of a rotating cast of characters, right? There's gonna be sometimes where there's one or two of us. Sometimes there's gonna be three or four of us. Sometimes it's gonna be two or three or four of us with uh, a guest, you know, uh, and we're talking with some folks right now that, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be having on soon as, uh, as some guests, whether professional athletes, celebrities, whatever. So, uh, you know, got a lot of interesting things. So every week's going to be a little bit different. Certainly what we talk about is going to be a little bit different as well, but we got some fun topics to talk about tonight. And, uh, I'm just going to do kind of a quick rundown on, uh, this is what we plan on talking about. There's no telling what's going to happen. Right. So the best, the, you know, the, 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 the road to heaven is paved with good intentions. We are, or sure. hell, maybe, I think, is that <laughs> paved with good intentions. One of them, but heaven or hell. Yeah, yeah, either way, it is definitely a highway. It is definitely paved with good <laughs> intentions of some type. Uh, and our intentions tonight are good. And what we're thinking we're going to be talking about tonight is Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, goes and signs with the Washington Commanders. Very big move. We're going to discuss, is this a good move or a bad move for both sides, for the commanders and for Biennemi? Derek Carr did not sign with the New York Jets. I went out on a limb earlier this week and said, I strongly believe that the Jets will find a way to sign Derek Carr and not let him out of the building. And clearly uh, he managed to find a way out. He climbed out through an air vent or something, John McClain style. <laughs> but he, uh, either way, he got out of the building. And they did not sign him. Then there's some news uh, this evening that the Jets are actually waiting on Aaron Rodgers before they make a decision on what they want to do. So I definitely want to touch on that, not just their decision-making on that, but how that's going to affect their ability to sign a Derek Carr or an Aaron Rodgers, depending on what happens. Um, Also going to talk about, will this be the next NFL position to start getting drafted high in order to lock up cheap labor for the first five years. So you're going to want to check that out. That's going to be an interesting take. And then uh, something kind of uh, not at all about sports, but just kind of an interesting question with some things that have come up in the news lately, which is just, do you still want to own a Tesla? And owning a Tesla used to be very aspirational. There was so much interest and so much desire. And uh, so we're going to do a little dive in on some of that stuff. Do you still want to own a Tesla? Is that still aspirational for uh, for people the way that it was? Uh, so we're going to have that and uh, and lots and lots of other stuff, just depending on uh, you know where the spirit takes us. So mm-hmm. to start though from from the beginning, Eric Bieniemy goes to Washington. Uh, this is a big deal, and this is a big deal for Bieniemy. It's a big deal for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a big deal for the Washington Commanders. Uh, and so you know we've we've got a lot of different opinions on this, and a lot of a lot of different points that we can look at, but. First things first, just the idea of the enemy going to Washington. You know, what what are your thoughts on this, Jeff? It's um, it should have been unnecessary. Eric Bieniemy should have been a head coach. Yeah, 
No was, argument. His team was 63 and 18 <laughs> when he was an OC with the Chiefs. 11 and 3 in the playoffs, three Super Bowls, two Super Bowl wins. And you're telling me he now has to go to the Washington Commanders to prove himself. I don't get it, man. I, I don't. It's not. I understand why he did it, and I get it, right? Because yeah. you know, Washington theoretically has the pieces, right? They have the pieces yeah. that they should have a good offense. You know, John Dotson, um, Terry McLaurin, great running backs. Um, we'll see what Sam Howell's like, right? You know, I mean, if anyone's going to get anything out of him, you would think it would be Eric Bieniemy over, you know, a Ron Rivera. Um, yeah. It just shouldn't have had I, – I don't feel like it should have had to have um, come to that. But it's a good move for him if that's what he has to do to prove himself, right? And, and I think we talked about this, um, you know, uh, off the air. But the ownership's looking – you know, we're looking at an ownership change. Yeah. Um, more than <laughs> likely. The new owner's not going to be tied to Ron Rivera who pretty much runs this entire show right now, right? I mean, he's pretty much has his hands in everything. Not going to be tied to him. And if this offense shows out, but they still aren't going to be that successful, there could be a chance um, that then would just get bumped up to be the head coach and become a head coach that way, right? (sighs) Um, But, yeah, that's what I think, man. I I just – it's – is good for him, but it shouldn't have had to have been that way. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, you know, first of all, there's no doubt. And, and again, I, I said this, uh, you know, in, uh, in, in some clips that are out there uh, recently, but you know, we don't know what the enemy has been like in interviews. We don't honestly know what he was like to work with in Kansas city even. Right. And, and I know that, you know, we've heard, and I think, you know, you, you may touch on, you know, some things that, that players and coaches and stuff have seen and, and, and felt about the enemy, you know, it's, it's, it becomes this glaringly obvious thing of this makes no sense that this guy is not an offensive coordinator. So we naturally start to look for something else. Is this racially motivated? Maybe is Eric the just a jerk, right? I don't have any reason to believe that he is, but you know, clearly as a general rule, if you are running an organization worth billions and billions and billions of dollars, literally printing money, and you have an opportunity to bring in someone within an unbelievable pedigree and track record of success, it just seems unlikely that you refuse to do it for racially motivated reasons. Not that maybe yeah. somebody wouldn't. But that the entirety, the entire business community of whatever that business is would refuse to do that seems that that's like this unbelievable amount of collusion uh, and, and, or just, you know, like thinking that is just uh, it, it's, it's hard to believe. So there's something missing. I just feel like there has to be something missing with with Eric yeah. the enemy. Yeah, I, I think you're right. But you look at um, I. I don't want to believe that owners would be, you know, this would be about race, right? I mean, yeah. if you're successful, you're successful. No, no one cares if you're in this stage. No one cares if you're, you know, yeah. black, white, Asian, yeah. 
Indian. It uh, doesn't matter, right? We saw D'Amico Ryan's get a get a head coaching job. Um, I mean, we've had we have female assistant coaches and trainers on, on teams right. now. I mean, lower down the coaching staff. I know we're not talking about coordinators sure. and head coaches, but still, I mean, you know, like there there is a lot more parity than there used to be on some of these things. Right. So you look at Brad Childress. He gets a job as an Eagles assistant. He was there from 99 to 05. He gets the Vikings that coaching job in 06. Does a, I would say a fairly decent job, right? I mean. Yeah, they were a playoff uh, team. And, you know. Sure. Um, Harbaugh's an Eagle assistant from 98 to 07. Gets the Baltimore job in 08. Matt Nagy is probably, maybe is he's the, you know, he, right. he's the one that, that, that you know. He's the, the black the old, sheep. The bell curve, right? You know, he, <laughs> we're grading on a grading on a curve and, it, and it's Matt Nagy's fault. Because, you know, he's the Eagles assistant from, uh. 13 to 17 gets that bears head coaching job in 18. And, you know, at this point, he's no longer employed by them. And then Doug Peterson gets, um, he's the chief assistant in 13 to 15. He gets the Eagles head coach in 16, takes him to a Super Bowl. One of these things is not like the other. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like I've never been one to like, you know, play the race card for anyone. And I don't think Eric B. Enemy would either, but it, it just, yeah. Doesn't make sense. Now, I will say this. You know, we're a small show, right? I mean, we're, you know, we're growing, leaps yeah. and bounds. Uh, thanks to everyone out there that supported us. But Absolutely. we know people. We know people who know people. Absolutely. And I know people. And I, my source has been very, very accurate on just about everything he's ever given me. And he has told me that. Players are not the biggest fan of Eric Bieniemy. He's inconsistent with the way he handles his players. There's not a consistency with it, um, and that that goes a long way. So you have to think that like owners have to know that. So there must be something in an interviews that he's really not saying, or, or you know, he they're not, you know, just uh, they I guess don't he hasn't had a really good answer for maybe what the players are saying uh, right. or doing. I mean, the only thing now I will say that uh, Jamal Charles came out and said, Hey, no, I learned a lot under him. You know, I, I've, you know, he's taught me a lot. I, you know, enjoyed my time with him, but then you get someone like LaShawn McCoy <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. I, I, I had he to land base to them, man. That was, uh... <laughs> I, I, I got to read this, right? Because <laughs> It's just amazing. I'm going to say this, McCoy says. There's a reason why every year they hype him up to get a coaching job, head coach or offensive coordinator job somewhere else, and he don't get one. Some players, he talks to them a certain way, which is also what my source had said, <laughs> and some players will take it. I wouldn't take it. Like, whoa. Some questions I would ask, everyone is accountable. That's why he's not because he, because he's, he's a black coach. That's not the reason. The reason is I won't get into that. He says, so, <laughs> and he claims in the <laughs> offensive uh, meeting room uh, with the off, you know, the offensive skills players that the enemy never said anything instead. It was always Andy. Reed. Right. Yep. So I, I don't know, but then you have Jamal Charles coming out and going to his defense, which I would imagine like there's going to be players that would, and let's be honest, like if you look at Shady's time there, that dude got like one carry in the playoff, right? Sure. You know, like he, he's got so reason I'm, to hold a grudge. Uh, right. 
but he doesn't hold a grudge against Andy Reid. So that's the only <laughs> thing. He thinks Andy Reid's brilliant, that, you know, he's a great coach. Yeah. His, and I've listened to him on, on, you know, Sirius XM. He's been on there and he's been on this for a long time. This isn't the first time he's ever said yeah. this. He's been on that, that kick for a while. So I don't know. I mean, you know, you would think if he would just be overall displeased with the whole entire Chiefs organization, right? And he's not. It, he's literally his his whole spiel is he's not a good coach. So. Right, right. <laughs> and he has nothing but praise for Andy Reid. So I don't know. I guess take that for what it's worth. So well, it is interesting, and I will say this: your I know your source. Your source on this is unimpeachable. And while we won't get into who that source uh, might be, it would not be unreasonable to say that this person may have been in rooms or very closely know people who have been in those rooms with Eric Bieniemy. Um, That's it. So, so when you're saying this, I mean, this person knows from what he speaks, right? Like this is, this is, this is like I said, real. This is like, this is, this is very knowledgeable. He's given me a lot of stuff and all of it's checked out. So I, I've got stuff that would probably blow your mind that I won't ever, because <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't, <laughs> I'm not going to do that, but there's yeah. some stuff that with some uh, coaches even that would make you say, Oh my, <laughs> what really goes <laughs> on in blush. the NFL? hundred <laughs> percent. So people, people listening to the podcast are going to be blushing if they hear oh, some of these stories. Oh my goodness gracious. I was, I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So let yeah. me ask you this then. So we got an unimpeachable source who backs up what we've heard publicly from LaShawn McCoy. And so, so we have kind of a, a, a Stacking of information here that says maybe it's a personality thing with Eric Bieniemy. Maybe he doesn't talk to players that well. Maybe when teams have reached out to follow up and check in on how players feel about Bieniemy, maybe what they've gotten back hasn't necessarily been good. Right. So that leads to the second part of the question here, and I don't want to spend you know all night just talking about this, but this is a good move or a bad move for Washington. I, I it I don't see how it could be any how it could get any worse, right? We say that, but Washington always finds a way to make things worse. It just always seems to be their <laughs> mo, unfortunately. But no, I yeah. mean, I, I think it gives him a chance to step step out of the shadows, you know, or, or you know, you know, kind of get out of the shadows of Andy Reid. It's a big shadow that Andy Reid casts, <laughs> uh, <laughs> literally, figuratively. <laughs> I think it gives him a chance to, I mean, if, if he turns the commander's offense into a top 10 offense, right now, you've done it in two places. Again, yes. I, regardless if he loves players, hates players. Right. I mean, I, I, I could see, you know, I, I guess I could, I could understand like players being upset, but like you got someone like Jamal Charles coming out and saying like, no, nah, he was great. Right. But how productive was Jamal yeah. Charles? Right. And to think that there's not Very favoritism different. or there's not, um, you know, I'm sure Patrick Mahomes had a great relationship, you know, with Eric. <laughs> right. Kennedy, I would assume. <laughs> right. right? Yeah, so, I mean, so. I guess, you know, you, you're 
in a locker room of, you know, 52 guys, uh, not counting the practice squad guys, I guess, you know, you need to be more consistent. And so I guess this gives him an opportunity to be more consistent, but I mean, look, they got the commanders have the offense, right? If they have the quarterback, which we think possibly they do with Sam, Howell, uh, who knows, you know, uh, I mean, I, could they still go after someone like, you know, if Aaron Rodgers all of a sudden becomes available, are you going to be like, nah, we're going to stick with Sam? I, I, right. don't, I don't know that uh, for sure, but I, I think it's a good move, right? I, I mean, commander's offense should not be scoring 17 points a game. You know, they, they really, they shouldn't yeah. be. So I, I think having him come in, being able to take full control of the offense, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a good move for him. It's risky, right? I mean, because if he stinks, sure, you know what? What's he going to be? You know, if he's if he stinks as an offensive coordinator with Washington, where does he go from here? It's bad for him. It's not bad for Washington, right? If he's no. terrible, they just get rid of him, and you know, You're whatever. Right. Not a big deal. Right? He's, I mean, there is some risk being taken by him in this situation. I, here's my take on this: We don't know what we don't know about right. Eric Bieniemy. Sure. But we do know that he's had success. And if you're if you're a Washington team, I said this the other day and I feel really strongly that this automatically has to make Washington a more interesting and appealing destination for free agent quarterbacks and honestly free agent players even on the defensive side but much less on the offensive side. Because they they see this as a team that legitimately maybe has a path forward. And that's huge because I'm going to tell you, and this is going to lead into the next thing we're getting ready to talk about. But man, if I am Washington, how much do I need to throw my hat in the ring to get after a Derek Carr? I just feel like this makes so much sense for Washington that it's scary. It made so much sense for the Jets, but here's the thing, and we're going to talk about this in a minute. But the Jets are tripping over their own feet right now. Okay, so with that being the case, they're they're essentially going all in, and I'm uh, we're going to have some conversation around how you have to work with Derek Carr, and and the Jets are not setting themselves up to do that effectively right now. But man. We know the Saints, right? And we did. We had a poll uh, up here the other day, and the question was: Does Derek Carr go to the Jets, the Saints, or somewhere somewhere else? And two thirds, maybe maybe more. I'd have to go back and look the exact number of people at that time were saying that he's going to play for the Saints, and I think that number is is only going to you know to go up whether it's definitively the Saints or not. Um, in fact, here, here, I just pulled the poll up. 21% of people are saying the Jets, 43% of people are saying the Saints, 36% of people are saying somewhere else. Okay. So Jets weren't even were the last um, pick. I, I think it makes sense. I don't, I mean, supposedly from what I understood or what I heard is that it was kind of like a, let's take this meeting and, you know, kind of like a, a help out to Derek Carr where he could now take a contract and take it to other places. Right. The jets are in a win now mode. They want Rogers. I, I'm convinced yeah. that they want Rogers. Now 
I don't know. Is he still in darkness? I don't, I don't, I don't remember. I <laughs> believe he's darkness, still in darkness. I don't believe he's emerged from his cocoon yet. That. What a weird dude, man. <laughs> oh God, what a weird dude. Uh, but they're in win now, right? I mean, you got Sauce Gardner who just now, you know, won the uh, defensive rookie of the year. You've got that great defense. I, I still think they need a lot of help on that offense, right? I mean, I, I don't know that Seems there's like- any, um, wide receiver but you go out and you get those if you get you know if you can get an Aaron Rodgers but I I think the Jets really really want uh, Aaron Rodgers to this point which is kind of funny because you know right they got Brett Favre and (laughs) at the end of his career (laughs) and now they really want Aaron Rodgers so it's like that's right would you take Derek Carr over Aaron Rodgers at this stage I, I mean I think I would right I mean Rogers could at any point in time just say, I'm done, right? I, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm 38. It's tough. I, don't care. I think there's two parts to this, right? So the one part is Aaron Rodgers is completely unpredictable. But if you're the Jets, he's going to sell you tickets. He's going to sell 100%. you merchandise. So from a business perspective, he's he's significantly more marketable probably than a Derek Carr. Here's the thing, though. The Jets could also end up with nobody. Nobody. Right. You're, and so the you're reason that I say Zach. that is this. It, well, and this is what's really important. They have Derek Carr in the building and they let him leave. Yeah. Derek Carr has only played for the Raiders mm-hmm. and only felt unappreciated and unvalued or at least undervalued by the Raiders organization. That's through a couple head coaches. That's through general managers. He has been undervalued and and not respected by that team. He's now a free agent. He has this visit. He spends a couple days in New York, etc. And earlier, Diana Rossini from ESPN reports that the Jets are waiting on Aaron Rodgers before they want to make any decision at the quarterback position. If I'm Derek Carr, do I really want to feel like I'm your second choice again? Haven't I been feeling like that when I've been playing for the Raiders for years now that I wasn't the top guy, that you wanted to replace me, that you wanted to push me out if you could? Isn't that what I've been feeling? And now the Jets, right after meeting, right after meeting with Derek Carr, come out and make it very public, we'd rather get this guy. And we're not going to do anything until we know for sure if we can get him. And then if we can't, then essentially maybe I'll come back here. So it's like I'm going to break up with my girlfriend because I think this other girl's interested in me. But if she's not, I'm just going to think that I can just go back to my girl. That's not going to work very well, right? It never does. And Derek Carr is a guy right now in particular that is sensitive to this type of situation. I have to think he knew that, though, right? Like, I, I think the Jets probably had to be upfront with him on it. Like, I can't imagine you're going to spend a couple of days up there and then, hey, man, that's really good. And then as soon as he leaves, you put out a report of like, oh, yeah, no, nah, we're, we're waiting. Uh, right. and maybe. I don't know. I mean, the Jets never seem to function well either. You know, they're <laughs> another one of those teams that, you, you know, you think you have it figured out and then, uh, you know, it, it, I, I don't we well, let me ask you this. Into- this just popped into my mind, and I'm sorry to interrupt. But I just, I'm, I'm curious about this. What do you think the chances are that the Jets found out from Derek Carr while he was there that he wouldn't be signing with them, 
And so now they publicly, rather than wanting to look like they're being rejected by Derek Carr while Uh they want to try to go after someone else, are going to make it seem like they're the ones rejecting him in order to be able to go after someone like an Aaron Rodgers. Doesn't it make more sense that that's what happened? Like, like, why would he be there for days? It's not like this was like an hour conversation. Right. He's there for days, right? Yes. Yep. And at the end, he's like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to keep my options open. I'm not in a hurry to make a decision. Uh, and then the Jets were like, well, we don't want to look like, you know, we're That's right. begging we're someone to come here. by a second-tier quarterback. Right. Like, now, it makes more sense that that's the case to me anyways. Like, I I, I don't I mean, you know, I've heard that they wanted to, you know, they left him with a contract so he could take around to other teams. Did he? I don't know. I I mean, and then you get um, um, uh, David Carr coming out and like, yeah, he's not going to be picking anytime soon. Like, this is going to be a long process. He's not going to jump on the first first train. And I think that's what he had to have told them, like. Thank you. Appreciate your time. You know, appreciate the uh, shows you took me to, whatever. But <laughs> I'm not looking to make a decision anytime soon. Now you put this. Yeah. You, you put the pull up, right? I mean, the Saints to me are just tailor made for Derek Carr, man. If sure I'm Derek like Carr, I take less money to go there. You're in a division now that has no quarterbacks. You will be the star quarterback of that division. Brady's gone. You know, what are we looking at? Desmond Ritter where, you know, you know, now nobody guess we'll get into the conversation. Could Lamar end up in Atlanta at some point? Maybe, but you know, at this point we're not, we're not looking at it that way. Right. We're, we're looking at right now, what is in that division? Plus he has better receivers than the Jets could possibly have. And, you know, better, you think run game. It makes more sense for him to go there. That's a win now situation. Again, the Bucks won that division at eight and nine. <laughs> yeah, you can yeah. win that division at nine and eight. You, it's there. Yep. You you get a home field playoff game. You know, imagine you taking the Saints when that Superdome is rocking, right? Mercedes Benz Dome, whatever it is now. You know, mm-hmm. you, you would be the star of that town. It, it's yeah. just. It's just hand tailored made. Now I've heard, um, just based on the sources I have here, um, where we're at, that the commanders aren't looking to spend any more money on quarterbacks. They've they've tried this, this route twice now in the past two years, and it sounds like they're going they all the same now. They got winced and they got uh, they got bearded, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and, Fitzpatrick uh, Carson Wentz. and Carson Wentz, and they're saying, "Nope, we're not doing this this year." You know, we're going it now. If it became available and Derek Carr made it known, like, "Hey, I would love to throw to Terry McLaurin," could that change? Hmm, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, Sam Howell's on a rookie contract. You're not worried about that, right? You know, yeah. you're. You're cutting Wentz. Um, you know, you're not – money's not going to really be a um, – you wouldn't think an object. You've got a lot of guys you got to re-sign, Deron Payne being one sure. of them. But, you know, hopefully the uh, Steelers come in there and maybe take uh, Deron Payne out for a nice, <laughs> you know, nice Permanente brother sandwich. There you go. <laughs> kind of woo them. But, <laughs> you know, brothers you, you got to think that um, if he threw his hat in the ring there and saying, hey, I might be interested in coming. Yeah. You know, say Sam, let's let's learn another year under someone else, right? 
So, well, and I don't think we can overlook the fact that I mean, at what point is Ron Rivera coaching for his job? Particularly I, I, after you just hired an Eric Bieniemy, right? Like we yeah. already talked about it. So, I mean, this idea that we're just going to go with the unheralded rookie or or second year player, it just doesn't bode well for Ron Rivera. And I feel like if you can bring in a Derek Carr for I don't know forty forty five million a year, something like that. Again, Washington plays in what is probably, in my opinion and in my experience, the worst stadium in the NFL. They, I mean, it's a disastrous place. Um, and so, so people don't want to go there. It's difficult for people who haven't been. For people who listen to the show, if you've never been to FedEx Field, oh not in gosh. DC, it's in Landover, Maryland. It yeah. is. It looks like it was choppered into a random area and dropped in. They just, the parking's impossible. It is brutal to get in and out of the stadium. It takes forever. It's terrible, terrible place. And I'm fortunate enough to have some connections with that team and have had a chance to be in almost every part of that stadium. Um, And it's all terrible. There's no part that doesn't look old and run down and rusted and paint peeling and everything else. It's just, it's showing its age, right? I mean, and any yeah. old stadium is going to look like this, right? We know that's the case. But what they're comparing it to, Derek Carr just came from Allegiant Field or Allegiant Stadium, whatever they're calling it, in Vegas. Yeah. This brand new billion-dollar, amazing, beautiful stadium. He's being wooed by the Jets, who, of course, play at uh, whatever their field is called now. It's not the Meadowlands. It's in the Meadowlands, though, uh, City Field or whatever it is. Uh, But, uh, again, a newer stadium. Then, you know, in New Orleans, you have all these places. Washington's the least attractive, except they have offensive weapons, and now they have Eric Biennium. There's never been a better chance for Washington to get in the sweepstakes for a legitimate quarterback. There yeah. maybe has never, ever been a better time for Washington to be in the market for a quarterback because no. if you had this exact team with this exact roster, but with a real quarterback, right? And this is not a knock on Taylor Heineke. I like Taylor Heineke as a guy. And he's, he's a good, good scrappy player. Yeah. Um, but if you had a real legitimate, even tier two quarterback, a Derek Carr, not even an Aaron Rodgers, this Washington team would be dangerous. And Ron Rivera needs that if he wants to keep his job, because you can't think you're going to get two or three more years to to tutor a Sam Howell. This is like, if you you have another bad year, I don't know that Ron Rivera is around after next season if they they are below 500. I'm just not sure they may decide it's time to make a change. I will tell you, there's a lot of people in Washington, though, is happy that they've named Sam Howell the starter because they say it's you couldn't ask for a better a better thing, right? So either Ron Rivera gets the most out of him, makes the playoffs, or he doesn't. They get a high draft pick. Ron Rivera gets fired, but they're not right. tied up to a quarterback for you know, yeah, you know, the next coach isn't coming in, and that quarterback's not his quarterback, right? So right, they're looking right. at it as the best of both worlds. Like, all right, Ron either proves himself or he doesn't, but. Now we've got a quarterback on a rookie contract, and now we're going to get a high draft pick. Now we can bring in another quarterback once the head coach is in place. So 
I tell you, uh, a lot of people are excited about um, uh, Sam Howe starting. That's for sure. So but we'll, well see. Good, it's going to be an interesting Sam Howell, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll be curious I mean, to see I, how it plays out. I think Sam Howe is uh, Taylor Heineke, but with a better arm and better mobility. So we'll see. Uh, yeah. You know, we'll see. I, I, I like, I like, I've always liked him. I thought he's been, you know, it was a good uh, quarterback even in college, but um, we'll see. Yeah, that's all we can do. All we can do. So that leads us from Biennemi to Derek Carr to the Jets and, of course, whatever in the world Aaron Rodgers might do. Um, but this does create an interesting scenario. One last thing here before we move off of this. If Aaron Rodgers were to decide to retire, do the Packers go with Jordan Love or are they now in the market for a quarterback? There's only a couple of quarterbacks to go around, right? And so we know Lamar is a possible, you know, opportunity there for someone to be able to make a move for. Otherwise, you've basically got Derek Carr, you got Aaron Rodgers, if he decides that he wants to go somewhere versus retire. And who else is there really right now of significance, right? I mean, it looks like the Giants are probably going to re-sign Daniel Jones, um, and even his camp is thinking he should make forty to forty-five million dollars, which is, I'm sure, his camp does think that. But sure, why you know, not? I mean, and, and honestly, the market might might justify that. But I mean, he only did what he did last year. He hasn't done it any other time. Um, I mean, I feel but, like I should make three million dollars on this show, but <laughs> not happening. Not, not there quite yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, I, I just think it's this interesting thing where I don't know for sure that all the musical chairs have played out because everybody talks about, no. oh, well, if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, okay, but then what does that mean for the Packers? Is it Jordan Love? Is it Jimmy G? Is it something totally different? Because there is the, he's kind of the X factor, and I mean Jimmy G, yeah. in a lot of this. Because right now it's feeling like, and this could be because of you know injuries and different things, that he's kind of like, the, the black sheep right now when it comes to these free agents. You're talking about Lamar Jackson, you know, and what moves might be made for him and what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers when he comes out of his cocoon and where's Derek Carr going to go and all of these things. Meanwhile, nobody's really asking about Jimmy G. But who needs a quarterback? The Jets need a quarterback. Tampa needs a quarterback. I don't think... Their long-term plan is Kyle Trask, or maybe he is their long-term plan, but he can't be their short-term plan. I wouldn't so, think so. But yeah, and then you have the Saints. Saints. You thought Jameis so, was going to be that guy, but apparently not. I mean, they even when Jameis was healthy, they were going with Andy Dalton. So something yeah. happened there and there that soured that relationship fast. So I don't know what that was, but yeah. you're right. It, it's going to start with Aaron Rodgers. And he loves that. Boy, he loves that. Oh, my that goodness. He, no he's kidding. the center of that no attention, kidding. right? So it's going to start with him. And then, yeah, wherever the chips are, then, then it's just going to be a domino effect, right? Like it's going to yeah. be, depending on what he does, you're right. If he retires, boy, that changes a lot of stuff. A lot yeah. of stuff. And we haven't even begun to like try to wrap our heads around that. And I, I don't see why that's not a real possibility. I mean, you watched him last year. I, I, Swear I saw a guy that did not love the football, right? Yeah, like he, he just did not love at times, just just, right. just not into and it. The only time he was really into it is when it, they were close to making the playoffs, and then all yeah. of a sudden you kind of saw that spark come back a little bit. So I, yeah. I don't would have changed the scenery doing good, probably right. But yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I imagine at that point it's too late for the Saints to or uh, the the Packers to do a ton. 
And I got to assume that Jordan Love is going to be their stopgap at this point. But, man, that's going to be, yeah, uh, be, be interesting. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, once that once well, um, once he goes, we'll see where everything else falls. So, I'll tell you something else. I believe there's probably a very good chance that Jimmy G ends up with the Houston Texans. I just think the ties become too easy to have. When you've got D'Amico Ryans there, they just brought in Bobby Slowick, who I believe is going to be their offensive coordinator, if I remember correctly, who was the quarterback's coach for San Francisco, where Garoppolo was obviously playing. They know how to work with him. They know what to do. Um, I just think it makes I think it makes a lot of sense that for that plug-in, and again, only because this new staff they're inheriting Davis Mills. That's not necessarily who they would have wanted or do want. So I think there's a good chance, and they've got the they've got the draft capital, they've got the cap space. I think there's a decent chance that we see Garoppolo go to the Houston Texans uh, to stay within a, a comfort level and a, a and a bubble that he feels good about what he can do in. Uh, and so that could take that could take him off the board anyway. I'll disagree. I think they're gonna. I think they'll they'll draft a quarterback. I mean, unless they're gonna bring him in to be a stop a stop gap. I, I I'm gonna look Bryce Young or I'm gonna look um, uh, the Ohio State quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think they'll probably get one of the two quarterbacks at this point. So I I don't if they don't get. I, I mean, he would make sense, right? Except for the fact that. Jimmy G never stays healthy, right? He can't, he's, and I'm assuming they have to know that and they have to see that. So I, I, I'm going to guess that McNair is going to give D'Amico a a pretty long leash uh, and give him time to build this thing up. I think they'll have the defense probably down pretty quick because I don't think the defense is that bad to begin with. But I I think, yeah, I think he's going to have enough time that I'm, I think he'll probably end up going drafting one of the uh, one of the quarterbacks um, in the draft. That that'd be my guess. Well, if that's the case, then hey, that's going to work out even more interestingly because that means the Jets could be in play for Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, or Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo. The Saints uh, again, all three. Same. I still, man, I've had this nagging suspicion, this nagging thought, and you know, I've said this privately. Just have this nagging suspicion that maybe Aaron Rodgers could end up in Tennessee. I don't know why. I just get that feeling. Um, he owns a house there. Spends his off seasons in Tennessee. Uh, and again, they're a team that, if they had had a better quarterback play, look at them over the last two or three years, they would be an absolutely deadly team. Instead, you got Tannehill, then you got Malik Willis you're trying to play. You have all these, and and no one's really stepped up. Tannehill, we know what he is, and he's not going to be a rock star quarterback for you. Derrick Henry doesn't have that much more tread on the tires, so there's only so much he can do. You're right. In fairness to Tannehill, he he helped turn the franchise around. I mean, from what they were to when he came in, and, you know, he was a bust in Miami, right? I was just like, he turned he, his own career around as well. Turned his own career around. So he's been solid, but I think, yeah, you know, you, you, you've you seen your limitation with him, right? Yeah. Perfect, perfect team around him. Could he get him to a Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah. But I just, I, I, I don't think, I, I, it's just not going to happen, right? I, they're just, they're running out of time. Yeah, that yeah, window's closing rapidly. Yeah, absolutely. So, 
yeah, I could see it. I could see Aaron Rodgers there, man. It just makes sense. And again, they're only going to have two, three more years of, 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 I don't even want to call him peak. I do think he's probably on the backside of his peak now, Derrick Henry. Um, yeah. And so, you know, this is that, like, if you st- if that window's still open, you got to dive through it. And the way to do that is not going to be play your second year Malik Willis or keep running it back with Ryan Tannehill, who's not accomplishing anything for you. The way to do it is to make that big swing. They have a new general manager who's going to be coming in because uh, it's uh, Rand Carthon. So they, they fired John Robinson after that disastrous A.J. Brown trade that obviously had massive ramifications and propelled the Eagles Golly. to be in the Super Bowl. So really, I mean, it's like everything is set up with a new general manager who has no ties to those quarterbacks, a solid team all the way around. Uh, I mean, I, I just feel, again, I, I'm on an island. I haven't really heard anyone else talk about this, uh, this Tennessee thing, and there may be very good reason for it. But for some reason, I, I just have a nagging constant thought that Aaron Rodgers could end up being with the Tennessee Titans. All right, we'll mark it 8.30 p.m. <laughs> to 21.23. That's right. Put it on the calendar here. Put it on the calendar. Mark it down. <laughs> Anyone listening to the show, uh, delete this after. Uh, sure, after he, sure. Don't after remind you. me when uh, when he says <laughs> when he comes out later and says, "No, I was never considering Tennessee. No, they never reached out to me." Literally, would uh, be the last team I would ever go to. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who knows me hates I. It knows I hate the Titans. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Like, like I said, probably way off on that, but that's just my thinking. Um, and then I know we had, you know, a, a couple things more to touch on. I had this thought the other day. I want to get your take on this. Now, in all fairness to anyone listening, I shared this thought with you. So so you're you're not hearing this for the first time. I shared this thought with you the other day, and I think it's worth talking about. And I mentioned it in the rundown in the beginning of the show, which is will this be the next position? to start getting drafted high in order to lock up cheap labor for the first five years. Now, what I mean by that is we've seen this strategy in the NFL over the, over the past several years uh, where it used to be, you only wanted a veteran quarterback now because the cap hit for uh, signing quarterbacks has become so high. There is this strategic idea of, if you have a high draft pick draft a quarterback and then spend all of your cap on building a great team around him because that's your window of time to win. And sure. and then when these teams, and now we're seeing the Lamar Jacksons and the Joe Burrows, and of course we already saw Josh Allen get re-signed, and, and the Mahomeses, all these players, um, have, you know, now they're having to get signed. And these teams Wilson. are having to spend yeah. hundreds and hundreds <sighs> of millions of dollars to be able to do it. And so you see these teams now that are trying to draft quarterbacks, have a five-year window, do their very best to win in that period of time. And then it's almost like hit the reset button, right? Right. So this made me think the other day, we've seen this happen with quarterbacks. And I feel like it makes so much sense to see the same strategy with running backs. I really feel like running backs, we used to see running backs drafted high because the running game was such an important part of the NFL. And so we would see these high draft picks on running backs. And really, I think off the top of my head, the last really high draft pick running back was probably Saquon Barkley off the top of my head uh, that I can think of as as far as who went high. I think he would have been the highest most recently. Nick Chubb went high, but I think he might have been the year before. Um, But regardless, you know, where where you see someone with that's going to take that top five pick or something like that with a Saquon Barkley. 
now the running game in the NFL has kind of been devalued. And so running backs aren't held with the same type of esteem and emphasis that they used to be. But when you have to re-sign them, it's not cheap, right? Saquon Barkley is going to be a free agent. He's still going to sign for a significant amount of money. Yeah, And I feel like based on the lack of value that teams put on the running back position, there's a high likelihood that we may actually go back to seeing running backs drafted highly in order to have them cheap for the first five years. And then knowing that the average career of a running back is pretty short anyway, let them go at the end of that five-year period and just work on drafting the next one. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens are kind of a great example when you think about that. This is a running back factory, right? They just are constantly drafting running backs. And then if they think they're good enough, they'll sign them. If not, they just let them go or they trade them and they get some value out of them. And, and so, I mean, even right now, you got J.K. Dobbins, you got Gus Edwards, you have um, who they didn't draft, um, uh, uh, Kenyon Drake. Uh, you know, they just collect three, four, five running backs on that team. And then they just go with the hot hand and everybody stays rested and everybody, you know, gets their carries. You're not seeing that that stud running back, you know, star of the team anymore like what we used to when it was an Eddie George or a Jamal Lewis or, you know, these guys, Reese yeah. Holmes. Uh, so I just feel like, and I wanted to kind of throw it out there. You and I talked about it a little bit, but I did want to kind of put it out there. You know, and, and what, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, does that make sense to you that teams are going to start drafting running backs high or would they not want to spend the pick on that? So, per SI, since 2010, only 19 running backs have been drafted in the first round. Does that wow. does that shock since you? Since 2010, 19 oh my running backs have been drafted. Wow! Now listen to this though: less than one a year. Yes, in the first now, round, not even in the top round. ten or anything, just in the whole no. first round. And this was as wow. of uh, April of last year, right? So, you know, you had a couple of. Um, Players go, uh, I don't know. Did any running backs even go this last year in the first round? I don't remember. I'd have to go back and yeah, look. But sure. yeah, since 2019. However, listen to this. 11 of the 19 had a top 10 fantasy finish in their first season. Now, you can wow. say whatever you want about fantasy football, right? Fantasy's not real life. Sure, but, sure. but to get to be in the top 10 you have to be doing something, right? It's not like fantasy yeah. football was like get you get points based on how well you've dressed, right? Right. It's based on your <laughs> yeah. production. So yep. they are highly, highly productive in their first, uh, at least in their first year, right? Like, I don't know, year two, does it go downhill? I, I, I don't know, right? Yeah. So I don't know that they're going to change anything up on it. Now, here's, here's where uh, a may get off a little topic or, or get off uh, base just a little bit. Where's the players association? Where's the NFL? Like, why are they letting these running backs get used up their first three to five years and get yep. kicked to the kick, kicked to the curb, right? It's not, it's not like they're poppers, right? Like they're not out begging on the street sure. corner, but the top eight running backs, this is as of ne this coming year. The top ten running backs make between sixteen million to twelve million. From eight to twenty, it drops to seven point seven to three point two million. So you're saying We're in talking, the draft? This no, is I'm the talking. Breakdown. I'm talking. De, like I'm talking about contracts for running backs. Okay. The top eight 
running back contracts right now run from 16 million to 12 million. That's the top eight right. from eight to 20. So there's only eight players right now that are making more than $10 million at, wow. at the running back position from eight to 20. It goes from 7.7 .7 million to 3.2 million. So it just goes down the top 37 wide receivers make between 30 million and 10 million. <laughs> Tim Patrick, Tim Patrick, who plays for the Denver Broncos, didn't play at all last year towards ACL, is number yeah. 37 and makes $10 million a year. Do you know what his wow. career numbers are? 143 receptions, 2,009 yards, and 12 touchdowns. Oh, my goodness. That's his career numbers, and he he made he's making $10 million this year. That is unbelievable. Now, you tell me where the fairness is. He's getting is paid like a top eight running back. Top eight running back. And in he's the number 37 wide receiver. He's the number 37 <laughs> wide receiver. Wow. Yep. And, and, of course, his numbers don't equal out to being the 37th best wide receiver in the <laughs> NFL, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't know where the Players Association is with this. Like, these guys are getting used up and just getting kicked to the curb. And, you know, you're, you're, you know Saquon's going to get his money. You know, Alvin Kamara got his, um, you know. Yeah. The, so there's guys. Christian McCaffrey, of course, got his. Of course. Uh, so there are players. But they are the elite of the elite, and everyone else yeah. is just you know this plug and play. And let's don't act like they don't run the ball like only ten percent of the time. You know most right. most of them are still at a you know a, a forty five fifty five clip. You know, and of course, passing is more. But sure. you got a running back who's a starter that's going to get the ball fifteen twenty times a game. You know, Tim Patrick is probably getting the ball getting looked at three times a game. Yep. How is that fair? Like, where is everyone at with that? So I see the value in, in getting these guys. Um, I, I think it's wrong. I mean, it's a business or whatever, right? I mean, and it's not like these running backs are going to turn this down, right? They're not going to strike. Right. None of the running backs right now are going to go out on a strike. They should, but they're not going to, right? They're getting yeah. paid. But there is a lot of value in that. Now, I think um, I've looked at some of the mocks, and I – Man, I want to say there's only – I think that it might be the Texas running back um, is about the only one that I see mm -hmm. being taken in the in the first round right now in the mocks. So it, I don't know that they're still putting a great value on on the running back position. Yeah. It, to me, it makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, you got Saquon. He was hurt, of course, you know, but, but you got Saquon for, you know, four years, and you got a pretty, pretty darn good running back at that point, right? Now – He's looking for sixteen million a year, and you know he he yeah. wants to be paid like the top guy. So I, I don't know. I I see the value in doing that. I just you know I, I think something's got to change at some point for these guys. I mean, it's just not right that they get used up and then get spit out like that. Yeah, no, it's interesting, and I think that, you know. I mean, look, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this, and maybe I'll catch some heat for it. But I really across the board, and I've always felt this way. I think the NFL Players Association is a joke. 100%. I think that, you know, they are, it's like a political party. They're not, they're not actually there to protect the players. They're there to maybe make the players more money sure. for sure. And I think that that's probably how they get paid. So they're there to be combative with the NFL to agitate, to make more money for the players. But when it comes to actual player protection, 
the Players Association just does not do that. I'm sure someone, whoever, you know, Eric Fisher or some of these guys that have run the Players Association before could try to claim otherwise. But I'm telling you now, if it, and I invite, I will invite Damara Smith, come on the show and tell yeah. us why oh. the Players Association does, does uh, better than what I'm saying. But the reality is they will jump right in if someone's being underpaid. They will jump right in to defend the idea of a fully guaranteed contract for a sex offender. They will jump right in to, to try to figure out ways to make players more money. And I understand why the players want that. Sure. But the reality is, for the vast majority of players, they're not top-tier players. They're not making top-tier money. And they're not being protected by their own association to be able to help them long-term. It's just not happening. Nope. Yeah, I don't I say it differently, but I don't think it needs to be said differently. No. I mean, I think that's that's straight up. That's the way that's it exactly is. It. They love so. to see the quarterbacks get the big top money, so they can say, right. "Look at all the money." You know, we're we're getting all this money from these guys, and you're right, you know, guaranteeing those contracts that they're guaranteeing. It's just you know, it's ridiculous. And then now you're going to defend it, like, well, all of them should, right? But yeah, come on. Yeah, it's it's absolutely. a joke. It's absolutely a joke. So that's my opinion, man. I don't know. I, I I'm sure there's going to be some people out there that will um will argue with us and you know say it's a rotational sure. position and everything else. And and I get it, but I mean, you know, you, you're using up like the Chiefs, right? Pacheco was a seventh round pick this year. <laughs> using him up, like you're you're taking his best years, and the dude's probably making a hundred thousand dollars. You know, with whatever <laughs> right. it is, you know. As yep. a seven-round draft pick, no, he'll, he'll have an opportunity to get out there quicker, and and you, maybe that's where sure. you want to be drafted as a you know you want to be undrafted and sign a one-year deal or two-year deal, yeah, and, yeah, you know, you know, get tagged and then go on and make your money. Maybe that's what you want if you're not going to be the top, you know, five. But that's just not normally what happens, right? I mean, it's no. just, and then you take all that abuse. Because you're running through those tackles, you're you're getting you know people going at your legs and everything, and they don't care. I mean, Pacheco no. tears ACL tomorrow and on to the next. That's we right. It's a factory, man. Yeah, it's a factory. So. Yeah. All right. So, uh, what do you want to wrap up with? I know you had some uh, thoughts on uh, Tesla. We touched on that on the. Uh, on the intro, uh, on the rundown, but uh, but I don't know if you have anything else uh, that you wanted to, to hit on first. Whatever, whatever you want, man. This is a free flowing show. Free flowing show. No, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm good. We we did talk about the Tesla. I, I mean, you're still uh, still excited for yours. Um, not not concerned. You're gonna crash and burn and uh, and and oh, you and know, your vehicle. I I uh, I have life insurance. Sure. Life will be well taken care of. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, look, I, I, yeah, I mean, full disclosure, I drive a Tesla. I've had a Tesla for a couple of years now. Um, I mean, I have absolutely zero complaints. It would be very challenging for me to, to go back to a regular vehicle. I'm not going to say that it has to be a Tesla, but just to go away from an electric vehicle uh, would be very challenging for me at this point. It's just so, so convenient. Uh, and you've been in my vehicle, obviously, uh, sure. you know, several times. So, um, you know, it's just, it's a nice way to travel. It's a nice ride. I do sure. a lot of long distance trips, um, you know, so uh, when I need to do, you know, road trips and things like that, it's it's easily the, the best vehicle I've ever had for long road trips. Yeah. Uh, the most comfortable, 
Um, you know, and, and then the charging is not bad at all on road trips with the Tesla superchargers. You're there for 15 or 20 minutes. So you have time to park, grab a little bite to eat if you want to go to the bathroom and then it's time to go, you know, so not to mention I watch TV in the car. I've got Netflix and Hulu and Disney plus and everything else right there. Uh, in fact, I've even got YouTube. I can sit in the car and watch the You Get the Horn show uh, right on YouTube. So, <laughs> so you know, there's plenty of options. But no, for me, I've got no complaints, uh, no regrets. Uh, I know that it's a controversial company. Uh, and, and a lot of that is based around clickbait, though. So, 100%. Uh, that's I mean, I all saw, it is, right? Yeah, I saw this news story about this this uh, vehicle that crashed into a fire truck or an oil tanker or something like that, and yeah, the guy died, truck. which is obviously a horrible situation. But car accidents happen every single day, and never, ever is it, you know, Nissan Sentra crashes into, you know, oil tanker <laughs> and he dies. It's like no one's right. saying what the vehicle type is unless no. it's a Tesla. Nobody says this BMW 328i was driving into this, not unless you read the details of the story. Right. But when it's a Tesla, it's the headline it's of the, the headline. story. It's the headline. Yeah. They love, they just love to put those headlines out there just to eye catch you and say, oh, well, right. Teslas are such a bad vehicle. Meanwhile, they've recalled 363,000 of their vehicles, Tesla is. And, and, but it's, it's concerns over the, the, the full self-driving, the beta software and the, the full right. self-driving, right? First off, if you own a car, drive the car. I, yep. I, I don't, I don't understand. And the, the, the self-driving is not, even if you look at the self-driving and you know, the, the full self-driving, you're not supposed to full self-drive with it, right? right. You still have to pay attention to the road. Yes. You still have 100%. to. hundred percent. Like, it's there's nothing in there, right? It's that's not what it's designed for. <laughs> yeah. So you you still have to be able to 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 be in control of your car. So yeah. it, they make such a big deal out of okay, but it, it's an over the air software update, right? It's not like you're bringing these in to right. the dealerships and having you know software change. It, it's it's an iPhone app, right? Like you're downloading the software over the air to fix right. this correction. Meanwhile, Nissan's recalling almost 405,000 other vehicles because their Nissan emblem cracks. And if an airbag deploys, it's a projectile coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't hear about that, right? right you don't right. hear about that stuff. It's just because it's a Tesla and, and you just, you want to bring down whatever's the hot, the new thing. And it's just, it's the way we are as a society. And it's just, it's ridiculous. If you look at all those Tesla, the crashes, a lot of them weren't even self-driving. They weren't even, you know, or they claim that they were in self-driving mode. But you go back and look, they weren't, right? They weren't. And, And I'm sure it has happened, but it's been just, you know, the most ridiculous of circumstances, you know, a truck had a white bumper. It was a clear sunny day and it couldn't <laughs> differentiate again. Right. Why are you in full self-driving mode, not paying a lick of attention when you're yeah. getting closer and closer to the back of a semi truck. Right. And when That's that happens, I can tell you like the car makes all kinds of noise. If you're accelerating to- too quickly toward a vehicle, like it will flash red on the screen. It will beep at you. It will do everything to tell you. So even if it doesn't apply the brakes for you, it is screaming at you <laughs> to stop doing what you're doing. So, I mean, yeah, there's this idea that like somehow it is truly autonomous that like I should be able to get into the vehicle and just 
sit with my, you know, my arms folded and George then just Jetson allow, you know, place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is not the Jetsons. This is not a situation where, you know, there, there's no uh, human involvement in the driving of a car anymore. I, you know, I've used full self-driving. It's, uh, it's impressive, but, but I don't use it on a daily basis. It's, it's a rarity that I would have ever needed to use it. So much so that I canceled it, you know, because they do offer it as a subscription. Oh, yeah. So right, you can right, just right. do a, you know, they used to, you had to pay for it all up front. But now they have a, a, a monthly subscription that you can sign up for. And so you can have it. I had it for, I don't know, a month or two. And it was like, eh. I mean, it's cool, but I never, ever need it. I never use it. I don't mind driving. I don't know who the people are that are spending, <laughs> you know, fifty dollars to $100,000 or more on a car. But hate driving so much that they refuse to engage with the car whatsoever. (laughs) It just doesn't make sense. Like anytime I'm driving the car, even if I have it on autopilot or, or, you know, self-driving, if I feel like it's not turning sharply enough, I turn it. If I feel like I want it to slow down, I hit the brakes. You know, like I still control it. I don't just sit there and go, man, I wish this thing would slow down. Yeah. Like it's like uh it's like a anchor man. We'd be like, Hey, who's driving this thing? That's yeah, cool. I got cruise control on, right? <laughs> like, that's not how this works. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean I just don't understand, yeah. like, yeah. you know, I don't know, I don't I don't know. I, I the vast majority of Teslas out there do not have full self driving activated. They have it, the ability to have full right. self driving. But to add full self driving is Ten to twelve thousand dollars. I say ten to twelve because that's the range that it's been over the last several years. It has gone up over time. Most people, when they're spending, you know, that that much money on a car, sixty, seventy, eighty, hundred, hundred and twenty thousand dollars, they're not tacking on another ten or twelve thousand no. dollars for full self driving, and they definitely don't need to since they came out with the subscription model last year. So now it's just like sign up for it if you want. So the vast majority of them do not have it active whatsoever. And so the idea of the recall, again, recall, which is just they didn't need to say anything. It could have just been parked in my garage and I would get a software update. That's the idea of the recall. There's no inconvenience. I get software updates in my garage. You know, it depends on what's going on, you know, how many frequent updates there are. But it could be once a month, could be once every two or three months. I don't do anything. It pops up and tells me there's a software update and I can schedule it or just say do it now. And then it just updates it and that's it. It's silly. Yeah, it's it's all just clickbait stuff. I mean, it's 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 sad. And I like I say, you go back and look at all those accidents. Chances are they probably weren't in self driving mode, anyways. Yeah. They're just yeah. saying that and because they don't want be. the ticket, and they don't want they, right. they want to get out. Of, they don't want to get out of yes. Yeah, you know, let me get out of the ticket. Let me get out of an at fault accident. Uh, yeah, I, I it's 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 too much. I, I don't I don't buy it. I would still get one. I still have plans on getting one. It's it's nothing that would ever keep me from you know from, from doing that so yeah it's definitely not you're not going to read this story and be like oh i can't get one of those death traps right. i mean the reality <laughs> is if you take that out of it every tesla model has exceeded the highest safety ratings that exist by the whatever it is the national transportation safety board right so yep. ntsa it's like the the safest car they've ever tested whatsoever, every model. And so you go through and you go, okay, well, if this self-driving is so dangerous, 
just do human driving then, and you'd sure. be driving the safest vehicle ever made. You don't right. need to do full self-driving. If you feel like yeah. that reduces the safety, then just don't do it. Problem That's solved. Exactly. Yeah. A few years ago, they had problems with Chevy Bolts bursting into flames while they were parked in people's garages. <laughs> Like, this is not the same as that. This no. is like, hey, you, you just drive it by yourself like any yeah. other car on the planet, and it's the safest thing you can possibly buy. buy. This yeah. one is a flaming tomb that is in your garage. <laughs> like, this, uh, th- those things are not created equal. But yet, right. again, people are not clicking on Chevy stories. This is not a knock on Chevy or the Chevy Bolt. In fact, really interested and and looking forward to having uh, Chevy sponsor the show at some point. Sure. Yeah. Uh, So this is not a knock on the good, good, hardworking people at Chevrolet who make a fine, fine American product. But the reality is those problems still existed, right? We can't pretend that that didn't happen. So, you know, there are real problems out there. And the problem of is it possible that when you are refusing to drive your vehicle yourself and allowing it to drive on its own with no interference from you, is it possible that a problem could come from that? Yeah. Yes. Sure. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Even the uh, the NH uh, TSA, their, their recall note states that drivers are responsible for operating the vehicle even when the feature is engaged. Yeah. As such, they yeah. must constantly supervise the feature and intervene as needed to maintain safe operation of the vehicle. And I'll, I don't even think Tesla touts their their full self-driving as, hey, get in the car, take a nap. Right. You know, like they don't, that's not how it's advertised. No, no. And, and but that's just, you know, that, that I, I, for whatever reason, they just love to pick on. And you know, and it hurts Tesla, really, you know, like that, they came out with that and their stock dropped like a, a whole percent at, just yeah. because of the news that they were doing an over the air update on there. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't see Apple or Samsung stock going down oh. when they do an over the air update for your phone. Sure. You know? <laughs> I mean, sure. Like, that's not important. Right. That's exactly it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's just all stupid and silliness, but. Yes, it is. Uh, okay. So I, I know we got to get ready to wrap it up here. Any last uh, things you want to touch on before we, before we shut her down? I'm good. I think we got it. Hopefully uh, next week we'll uh, come back to a full uh, full crowd here, a full uh, team. But um, no, no. Well, I'll tell you one thing: we might touch on next week. This is a little, this is a little what we call in the in the biz, call this a teaser. So this is something uh-huh. we might talk about uh-huh. next week. Uh, I had a poll up asking. This was after the Super Bowl, but I've decided to keep it up. Is Jalen Hurts a top five? NFL quarterback. Right now, 73% of people say yes, Jalen Hurts is a top five quarterback. Now, I want to say we live in a world where there is a Patrick Mahomes, a Joe Burrow, a Josh Allen, right right off the top. I'm just naming, and these are all just sure. AFC quarterbacks. Right. right. <laughs> so, like, right away, a and Justin Rodgers. An Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> we, we won't count Tom Brady, but uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, 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 Justin Herbert, a, gosh, Trevor Lawrence, 
I mean, there's just so many, right? I mean, sure. Lamar Jackson, all of these people, right? 73% of people after the Super Bowl, and this is clearly, I, I, you know, it swung because of Jalen Hurts' performance in the Super Bowl, but now because of that performance, so when we talk about how impactful it is, to really play well in the Super Bowl and how it can change the perception of a player. And we had some stuff out and, you know, there are clips floating around about us talking about how, you know, the perception of Jalen Hurts has changed since that Super Bowl performance. Now, 73% of people who have responded to our poll say that they now believe he is a top five quarterback. That doesn't mean he's the fifth best. They're just saying he's top five. He's top five. He's somewhere. Is he number two? Is he number three? Right. Mm. Who's to say, right? So I Man. think uh, we don't need to do a deep dive into it now because, uh, you know, we've we've entertained America enough. America only sure. deserves so much from us. Yeah. And we've given them more than they deserve uh, tonight. That's absolutely right. Yeah, we were just but, feeling generous. That's right. That's right. This is charity at this point. Any, <laughs> every minute after this is charity for America. Yep. But the reality is that now, yeah, Jalen Hurts is magically all of a sudden considered a top five quarterback. Mm. Keep in mind, prior to last season, they wanted to run him out of Philadelphia. Oh, they were ready to run him out of Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah. Nobody thought he was the answer. He had a good year, but that good year was still, I believe, throwing 22 touchdowns in the regular season, right? He just, he, he did most of his damage on the ground. On the that would have made yeah. him even a consideration for MVP candidate. And he's now considered, after a good Super Bowl, now considered to be, by many people, a top five quarterback in the NFL. I mean, that's very interesting coming into next season. Yeah, we said good Super Bowl. It was a great Super Bowl. Probably would have been a top 10 performance of all time had he not fumbled, right? Yep. Uh, That was the difference in the game. And he really was just trying to make too much out of a really bad play call. But I want to see another year before I would crown him top five. Agreed. I would give him top 10 or 12 right now safely. I mean, you um, top eight. I mean, maybe you could, you could fit him in the top ten. I think, yeah, based on you know the year before, and you're seeing the maturation, you're seeing the growth with him. But whew, man, to put him in the top five right now over the like you, you who are you kicking out of the top five? Exactly to put him That's in the big thing. Right. That might be the pool to have, right? Yeah. If if Jalen Hurts is top five, who are you kicking out of the club? Good question. It's worth asking. <laughs> mm. Yeah, we'll yeah. dig into that. I like that. Yeah. We're real. We'll definitely dig into that. I like yeah, that. so I know you know it's it's technically tied to the Super Bowl, which obviously has been over for a little while now, but I just think it's going to, you know, continue to be a story as we as we go through the off season and certainly, you know, will affect people's perception of Jalen Hurts. That, uh, yeah, when that paycheck comes due, man, because He's going to be up too. I mean, that's you know, right. looking at right. paying him, Joe Burrow. There's going to be a lot of quarterbacks that are going to be getting paid here. So, yeah, it's going to be pricey. Yeah, nothing's cheap in this world. <laughs> no, no, no. That's why I'd want to see it one extra year. But Absolutely, agreed. I'm I'm not writing a paycheck, so I don't care. <laughs> Thankfully. Yeah. All right, my friend. Well, listen, we're going to go ahead and wrap this sucker up. As you mentioned, uh, we'll see who all's on next week. We might have a special guest. We're in some conversations with some folks right now. Um, but outside of that, minimally, we'll have uh, one or two or three or four of us. Um, and, you know, we'll continue to, to go from there. So in the meantime, everybody, 
Thanks for listening. Have a great night, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Later.